Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for modern parenting. The Struggle is Real podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. My name is Omar Ramos, or Omar Ramos, along with Veronica Avila. Hello again, Vero. Hello, Omar. How are you? Very well, thank you. Are you ready for more college-related tips? I'm always ready. All righty then. <laughs> well, then this special episode is for you and for all parents who have college students. It's called Flying Solo, What to Do After the Nest. Dun-dun-dun. Sounds like <laughs> a major ordeal. So to give us advice on this, we have two experts with us. Our very own Dr. Alicia Laos, clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges and co-author of The Struggle is Real. Doctor, once again, thank you for joining us. So glad to be here. And also joining us via phone is special guest, Ms. Christine Gonzalez, Director of College Guidance at the Episcopal School of Dallas. She's been in the college counseling profession for over 30 years. Please welcome Ms. Gonzalez and tell us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do out there in Dallas. Hi, yes. My background actually includes the college process from three different sides. I actually began my career at Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I was a traveling recruiter for Tulane University. I visited like 30 different states and hundreds of high schools during those years, then moved to Dallas. And in Dallas, I worked at Southern Methodist University and was director of admission there Mm. for about 10 12 years. My third daughter was born, and as much as I loved SMU, the weekends and evenings were a little rough for a mom of three, so mm-hmm. I quit that job and came to Episcopal School of Dallas because the high school side offers much more regular hours, and I've greatly enjoyed my time here. So done it as a high school counselor, and I've also done it as a college recruiter and admissions director, but most importantly, I've been through the process three times as the parent of three daughters, one of whom is in college right now, and the other two who are all the way through and out. Very interesting, Nan. Thank you for sharing that with us. So we're going to go ahead and uh, kick off the discussion after our first scenario. It's called Strong Reservations. The following is based on a true story. Well, sort of. <sighs> Dad, I'm tired. I have to stop. Just three more. We can do it. What is this? Do not disturb sign. Correct. What is this? Please clean my room sign. That's it. Last question. Where do guests put their towels when they need to be washed? In the tub? That's it, buddy. You'll make one heck of a hotel manager. Well, um, actually, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. I'm thinking about changing majors. Come again? I don't want to study hotel management anymore. What do you want to study? Motel management. What? I know you're a brilliant hotel manager, Dad, but my heart wants something else. My heart wants to manage motels. But it's a step down in every way imaginable. Comfort, elegance, amenities. I'm not interested in amenities, Dad. I don't want to run a restaurant, in a bar, in a spa, in a fitness center. I just want to provide a room to sleep in at an affordable rate. Something simple. Something chic. I want to reinvent the motel chain, offer a primo experience at a primo price, and I want to call it a pre-motel. That's insane. I know it's a risk, Dad, but I have to take it. Have you thought about the economics at all? How are you going to support yourself as a motel manager? I know it's not your plan for me, Dad, but I believe in myself. I believe 
and time that with the same effort it takes to oversee a hotel, that I can establish an entire chain of pre-motels along the highways and byways all across America. Don't you see how exciting this is? Is there anything I can say to talk you out of this mistake? No, sir. You know, one day, I'd hope to leave this hotel to you. The Swiss Charleston? To me? That was the plan. I know working with the old man isn't as exciting as striking out on your own, but, well, pre-motels are your dream. Passing along the Charleston was mine. Ah, Dad. And if you do this, if you set out on your own, I won't be able to help you. My industry contacts, my experience, the favors I could call in, those extend only to the hotel industry. Not to mention, I'd be a laughing stock. Think about it. A hotel manager with a motel manager for a son? Dad, I know you're scared, but it's what I have to do. All right. All right. It sounds crazy, but if that's what you want, then you have my support. Thanks, Dad. I'm going to order room service. You want anything? Or is room service not primo enough for you? Room service sounds great, Dad. <laughs> sounds great. Okay, so that was our first scenario. It's called uh, Strong uh, Reservations. Uh, we just heard a Buddy tell his dad, Harold, that he wants to be something different than what Dad had planned for him. Mm-hmm. Dad was very persistent, but Buddy stood firm in his choice. Now, now this is a situation that happens in many households. Mm-hmm. We've heard uh, mom or dad, you know, they, they have this plan for their children to become an engineer, to become a doctor, and all of a sudden they find out that their daughter or son, they want to become TV anchor or something, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they go into shock Based on what we just heard right now, Dr. Alicia, what is the dynamic here? What, what, what just happened? Or their family business, right? It's not mm, being taken exactly. up by the child. You know, as parents, we have ideas, we have dreams, either because that's our industry and that's our line of work, and we would want to be able to teach that and pass that on to our kids. And, and often that happens. We all know families that they have like five generations of militaries, and you know they've all fallen suit, or, or policemen, and they're like the third or fourth generation, and then mm-hmm. maybe there's the one kid that decides, no, I'm going to go into business, or I'm going to go into something else. Mm-hmm. And so the family reacts to it. So so it makes sense that the family, whether it's a parent, in this case, reacts when what you the vision that you have is not the vision that your kids have. It makes sense in that kind of context, mm-hmm. especially if generationally everybody else has done it that way. Or if it's a business that the family has built up really hard and you'd hope that your children would take that on. That happens, like you said, a lot. Yes. I was surprised in the skit that the dad listened to the son pretty quickly. I know. Um, he, gave in, he gave in very fast, right? <laughs> Usually these types of conversations is multiple conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think one takeaway that we need to consider is when we have conversations that are of conflict because we want to go one way and another person wants to go the other way, whether it's husband and wife, father and son, that one conversation usually is not enough. Usually mm-hmm. you have to have a multiple conversations in order to come to an agreement because you really need time to understand where everybody's coming from. And at the beginning, it's the shock You know, and and a little bit more defensiveness is what you tend to see. And that's okay. It's the pullback and the going back and forth. And it's the opportunity to eventually come to an agreement. So I think the takeaway is if your scenario didn't play out 
this clean when and if something like this happened, that's okay, that you can have lots of conversations before you feel comfortable with the decision that your children make in terms of their career. That sounds wonderful because I think that's more realistic. We saw Buddy here who stood up to his dad. He was mm -hmm. pretty firm. So he knew what he wanted. It didn't matter that his dad told him he wasn't going to give him his contacts, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> no. He still went ahead and went with that. This question goes to Ms. Gonzalez. There's also kids that don't have, whether because they want to follow their dad's dream or a parent's dream or the family tradition, they don't speak up mm -hmm. and they'd rather just go down the route that their parents want for them. Have you come across any situation like this? How was that for the student? This is actually very common. I often see it. It's all tied back to money and finances. Mom and dad most often want their son or daughter. They want them to go to college as a route to a career. To them, a career is a major in business, a major in nursing, a major in engineering. In other words, something where they see a defined outcome for the money that they're paying for college. If their son or daughter wants to do communications or fine arts or an English major, the question often is, what are we paying for? When they get out four years from now, after we've spent this money, what will they be prepared to do? Mm -hmm. Will there be a job for them? So I think, yeah, some of it's traditional, but also some of it is just a return on investment for mm -hmm. a lot of parents. It makes a lot of sense. We've heard this father who was using like whatever mechanism he could to convince the son of you know, reconsidering and mm -hmm. going down, like you said, the route that he wants his son to take to prepare himself for the future. Let's just say that he gave in. Doesn't necessarily, as speaking about Buddy, that he, that he gives in and he ends up doing something that he doesn't want to do. What, what are the long-term effects of not following the path, the educational path or the college career path that you want, that you have passion for, doctor? One thing we have to remember is that people do change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so who you are when you enter college, when you graduate from high school, is going to be different when you graduate from college and it's mm -hmm. going to be different when you're 40. And um, we do transition, we do move, and we have different interests along the pathway. So there's some of that that happens. But at the core of our personality tends to be the same. And there are some intrinsic strengths that we have as individuals and there's some things that make us happy. And so it's pretty important to identify. There's great resources and tools out there and career offices and schools have a lot, lots of those access to those those personality assessments that give a little bit more of insight of who you are as an individual. So you can map a roadmap and say, you know, I'm really good at things that are with my hands. Mm -hmm. So therefore, there's all these five jobs or 10 jobs that I can do that I would really be happy because I'm very hands-on. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's important to know who you are and to work with our kids to help them identify what their strengths are and then be able to open up their world and see all the different areas that they can work in because then you're going to be happier. And so if you just go along and do things because that job's going to pay, it's got the biggest rate, mm -hmm. and it's not going to give you meaning in life, and it's not going to be a good fit with your personality down the road, um, you may feel burned out, disenfranchised, and just your frustrated. heart is frustrated, your heart's not in it. And if you're going to put that much effort, time, money, and energy in a career, you'd, you'd hope that it's something that aligns with who you are as a person. And later on, if you have to change it because you're 40 and you know you have a different career change, I've known plenty yeah. of people that yes. were you know, in the military for 30 years, and they did this, and then they went and they got a counseling degree the other 40 years of their life and, yeah. and they did that well so so I've seen that as well that 
today we live in a culture that has so much access to education and resources. That's the nice thing that there's always the opportunity to have a second career later on. You know, love it. Love Very it. expensive never, though, <laughs> but you know, hey, follow your dream though, it's, along it's, with your it's possible. So. Of course. And I just wanted to add something real quick here, right before we uh, pass on over to the uh, next skit. The last skit that we heard, the the father mentions something about economics, about hey, how are you going to support yourself? Mm-hmm. And I think in many cases, there's parents that maybe have a little bit more knowledge than their kids or students as far as, hey, careers that will be there for you mm-hmm. financially. Because I've run into, when I do pip talks at universities and schools, I hear about kids that want to do this and I do that. And then I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, this kid's probably only going to be making, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, and that's like really nothing. And then there's a lot of kids that go down this route, the educational career, and all of a sudden they don't have a job. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that all parents also kind of do their homework and they bring a plan because obviously you want the best for your kid. So you're yeah. going to talk to your kids about opportunities or job opportunities that most likely will be there for them when they yeah. graduate. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's important. And, you know, there's so much out there that gives you a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. I think that we live in a, in a, if anything, we have lots of information. <laughs> we have to discern which is the right one. But we have a lot of that at our disposal that we can walk with our children and explain what, what the trends are. There are resources. But as Omar was saying, are we getting together parents and kids to discuss such a plan? Are exactly. you doing something like that, Christine? Yeah. And this is true. Basically, there are some colleges that when you apply, they really want you to have a career plan set up. You know, in other words, you're applying to be in a certain major in a certain division, and that's what they're reading the application for. There are other colleges that are much more relaxed about it, and they're like, hey, we don't mind, we don't care what your major is. College is a time for you to explore. We want you to take a lot of different courses and then make up your mind after you've been here for a while. That happens both ways, but I think every Everyone agrees that because our society and our technology is changing so rapidly these days, that the kids that we're dealing with now that are in their uh, teens and early 20s, many of them will be working in careers that don't even exist right now. Mm -hmm. Many of them will have job titles that we've never heard of. So it really, there's also a school of thought that kids should seek to get the best preparation possible in a broad sense so that they're prepared to be good communicators, prepared to be technically proficient, so that they're ready for all the opportunities that lie ahead, many of which we can't even imagine what they're going to look like. Good stuff. Thank you so much for that. Now, we're going to go ahead and jump over to the next scenario, Veronica, correct? Yes, that's right. But this one's a little different. It's called Gap Year. Gap Year. Hey, Clark, honey, how was school? I, uh, I got an email. Oh, yeah? What about? Early decision. They updated my status. You heard back? Did you get in? I, I haven't looked yet. I haven't logged in. Oh. Uh, well, well, what are you waiting for? I don't know. Well, do you want to look now or, or, or after dinner or... I can, I can, I can look now. Okay, come sit down. I mean, un- unless you want to be alone. Why? No, you're right. That's dumb. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and log in already. Okay. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. Well, let me know when you're opening it. I'm Are you opening, opening it? it. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, Clark, I am so sorry. I, I mean. We knew it was I got in. Wait. You got in? There's an acceptance letter. You got 
in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my God. Oh, God, oh, God, Clark, this is amazing. You got into an Ivy League school. You are going to college. Does, does it say if you got any financial aid? I have to go now. Clark, what's wrong? Why aren't you ecstatic? I don't, it's just, I don't feel relief. I don't feel happy. I don't feel done. I still feel, I don't know. Well, you're, you're probably exhausted. I mean, look, this is big news. You want to celebrate? Celebrate? Yeah, you know, like, go out or No, I pizza. don't want to go. Wait, what? I don't want to go. I can't go. Another four years of school. What was I thinking? Clark, honey, you sound a little shocked. <laughs> do you want to rest? I'm not shocked. I'm wrung out. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to go. To college? Honey, you have to. I don't. Well, do you do you think maybe, I mean, like, do, do you think, do you think maybe you want to defer? Defer? Yeah, you know, Emilia Obama did it. Um, you have the option too, I guess. What do you mean? It's like a gap year, remember? Um, you can postpone enrollment. Uh, let me see your phone. Yeah, 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 see? See right here? Once all prospective students choose to matriculate, each is presented with an opportunity to take a gap year, taking advantage of programs and opportunities both in the United States and abroad. See? See, it says right there. No need to flip out. So no school for a year? No school. Just life. I mean... I won't let you just sit around here and do nothing for a year, but maybe your brain could use a vacation. You can volunteer, get a job, go abroad. You could still take class, too, if, if, if you want to. I mean, part-time. What's the catch? The catch is, my friend, that you stop stressing yourself out. You got into college. You're amazing. Now, put down your phone, take a breath, and give yourself permission to not know what comes next. Okay. All right, so Hello? this was a different take. Clark just got accepted to an Ivy League school, so that means he's really smart. But then when I heard him, I was trying to put myself in his shoes. I mean, he got accepted to an awesome school, a great school, the best of the best. His mom's obviously overjoyed, but he doesn't want to go. Why? <laughs> you want to skip a year. But then again, you know, mom being positive found a solution or, or a way that he can come back, giving him the option of doing this gap year. How often does this occur, Christine? That has always been kind of the gold standard. If you get um, into an Ivy League school, you should definitely go because mm -hmm. there is no better school that you could possibly go to. Mm -hmm. But um, we often talk in our profession about fit. Just because a school has an incredible reputation doesn't mean that it's the best place for your child. Mm -hmm. What is going to be the expense of flying them back and forth or taking them there? Are they going to be able to come home at all? Are they going to be in a part of the country that they're very unfamiliar with, maybe going knowing no one? Maybe they feel nervous about that. The competition at those schools, this is obviously a really super brilliant kid, mm -hmm. but they have to remember that everybody that they are going to be in classes with every day, all day long, was probably the valedictorian of their high school mm -hmm. with super high test scores, who started their own business and was 
president and captain of everything. So instead of going somewhere where they can really stand out, they're going to go somewhere where as wonderful as they are, they're going to look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that's really not for everyone. There was a really widely publicized story a few years ago about a young man from Alabama who was an incredible musician. He was an incredible athlete, very, very intelligent, great kid, great family, but a small town kid not a family of means. He was accepted to every Ivy League school, and he ended up taking a full ride to the University of Alabama. Nice. Because he could go to college for free, Mm -hmm. be in the top honors program. You know, he just said, that's what I want to do. And I said, you know, that just shows how smart he was. So there's all sorts of things that are going on in those decisions. Dr. Alicia, do you think that he was probably overcommitted in his senior year or his last That might be. I mean, there's the, the idea is to explore, right? To be able mm-hmm. to explore and maybe what is resulting in that. That's always important to do. We are all quick to problem solve. Parents, husbands, <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. let me fix the problem. So as soon as someone presents a situation, we, we go in there with a the solution. And, you know, not saying that the solution that the mom offered wasn't a good one. And just saying that we sometimes are quick to solve and not quick to listen and, and dig deeper and figure out what's the source of the problem. Mm-hmm. And so in this scenario... I have seen cases where kids do get themselves burnt out. If mm-hmm. he was an Ivy League, that meant he was probably a Valley Victorian, and they get themselves into 20,000 activities, and they hit their first year in college, they're burned out, and they end up in a day program and with a nervous breakdown, anxiety, mental mm-hmm. health, burnt burn mm-hmm. out. So I've had that kind of a situation. It's not everybody, but they just are in such a competitive state. And, you know, if you're doing that for a very long, sustained period of time, and yes. the competition's fierce outside of it, but sometimes it's also an interesting kind of measuring perfectionism thing happening oftentimes and if that's the case there's also depression that may be a reason why yeah. it's like that burnout like I just put it all out there and work so hard and now I'm just over it so that doesn't happen each time but it may be one of the reasons too just with Christine and I we've talked about a couple there's just so many possibilities and I think the thing is when we hear a hesitation that's a big warning sign something's going on and our job is to explore now to the times when I was in high school to what it is now, I feel that the ambiance has become a lot more competitive. I feel that students are a lot more stressed out uh, because of everything that they're reading, everything that they see. I mean, your senior year is You're supposed to make your first million when you're 20. Exactly, right? It it, it seems like, wait. So uh, a while back, I was reading this article about this expert precisely in this subject about that taking off a year was not a bad thing, just to kind of unwind, think things through thoroughly, you know, just really find out what you want to do, kind of walk into your collegiate career calm and, and you just kind of find yourself again. Now, obviously, that's the way the student might feel, but parents might overreact, freak out. What do you mean you're going to take a year off? You're going to start working? Now you don't want to, you're going to, you're going to forget about school. You're going to become addicted to the money. Now to those parents, what can we say to them right now to kind of help them ease yeah, I mean, that situation. it's a it's a tough one. You don't want mm-hmm. someone playing video games all day at home, and that's aggravating no, for a no. parent. You know, and you want them to do something, and it just the idea of it, the idea of losing the habit of being in school and the discipline, and just kind of being in it's not very attractive. We've got some problems with like at a wetlock births happening between eighteen to twenty four. With mm. if you don't have kind of a direction and a vocation, mm-hmm. somewhere to go, you move in with somebody, you can have babies, and it starts spinning out into a poverty cycle so we have to be kind of there's all sorts of things that happen is if you don't have a plan for that year and you're just going to sit and watch video games I totally get where the parent is coming from that would be very exasperating you'd want them to do something right go get a job 
the answer is you got to know your children. You got to know where they're at and almost have to contextualize a plan for every one of them and be thoughtful and work with them because it's hard to every child and every kid is is different. And I think we have to figure out what works for one Mm -hmm. may not be the cookie mold for another. And and, um, that's what I hear a lot of parents. I don't know, Christine, what your take on is with this gap year idea. Yeah, and I agree. I think that the most important thing is communication. And you have to start communicating about this early on. You can't just start, you know, when the kid is applied and admitted to college. Mm -hmm. From the time your child or student starts high school, you should be talking what the goals are, his goals or her goals, the goals for the family. Basically, know your own child, know what they want to do. There's not a college in the country that won't defer an admission for a year. In other words, you get admitted for the fall of 2018, you want to take a gap year, you come back in 2019 and you start and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. This isn't as common in our country as it is in other parts of the world. In Europe, it's very common and we aren't quite there yet, but a lot of kids do need an extra year to grow up or make money or do community service or do other things. And then they just start a year later when they're a year more mature. Mm -hmm. So I think communication is the key. Great advice. Let's go into our last scenario. This is the cautionary tale of Susie K. Knock, knock. Oh, hi. Are you I'm Susie. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Oh, I guess I owe you a Coke. Guess so. I'm Lisey, Lisey Turner. Hi, Lisey Turner. I'm glad to be your roommate. I'm glad to be your roommate too, Susie Kanuski. Whoa, you said my last name right. Well, of course, it's on the door. <laughs> so what's your major, Lisey? Women and Gender Studies. What's oh, yours? Oh, cool, I'm a Latin major. Really? Uh, si latine lo queris tu calidus walde. You speak Latin too? Just a little. I'd love to take a refresher class, but my schedule's pretty tight. Like 21 hours tight. Maybe next semester, though. You You're taking 21 hours this semester? Jeez, I'm barely at 12. I know they say 16 hours is best, but I want to kind of dip my toes in, feel it out, you know? At least the first semester. Oh, for sure. And I gotta take a little time to party, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Gotta take time to party. Party! Oh my gosh. Susie? Hey, Susie. Susie. Lisi? Hey! Hey, everyone! Lisa's Lisi, my roommate from college. Still in college, Kuzi. Oh. (laughs) Right. So, are you done for the semester, or...? I wish. I got this big project due tomorrow. I mean, I might get it done. It's, a uh, Latin, right? What is it, a translation? What? Oh! No, Latin's dead, Lisi. I'm studying fashion design. I get to work in Paris, or New York, or Paris, even. But are you still women and children? Women eat ginger... <laughs> You know what I mean. Uh, Women and gender studies, yeah. I actually finished early, so next year I'm doing an accelerated master's degree in education. (laughs) You're like so smart. You've always been so smart. (laughs) Have a beer. Actually, I'm just gonna grab a Coke. (laughs) You owe me a Coke, remember? Jinx! (laughs) Oh yeah, Jinx, right. I'll be right back. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, hey, Aunt Lizzie. Susie? What are you doing here? Are you in this class? Totally. You too? I'm... 
No, heavens no. I'm teaching it. No way! Oh, that makes sense. You're Professor Turner, of course. Man, this class is gonna rock. Well, I hope so. I didn't see your name on the roster. I, uh, well, I'm not exactly registered, so I was hoping maybe you could let me in. I'm just an associate professor, and it's my first class, so I'm not really comfortable. Oh, I'm so screwed. Why don't you sit in and audit? If somebody drops out in the first two weeks, maybe you could transfer in? Oh, awesome. You're the best, Lisey. Professor Turner. They're pretty strict with names, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, no problem. I'm gonna get started, so I'm how about you take a seat? seat? Oh, jinx! <laughs> yeah, right. Welcome, everyone, to Feminist Theories. I'm Professor Turner. If each of you could please take a syllabus and pass it, attendance for this class is mandatory. Well, we didn't see that one coming. Uh, first, they were roommates, met as roommates, and then we ended up professor-student situation here. <laughs> Choices, I guess. Decisions, maturity. What's going on here, doctor? Yeah, well, um, it was pretty interesting to see a uh, fast forward to the future, kind of like one of those movies that you see. And they just played out the consequences of someone that seemed to be very focused. You know, their ducks in a row and was organized. And then the outcome was that they were moving up in terms of their career. And someone else was just goofing around and maybe just was enjoying the student life a little bit longer and just seemed to be stuck in that. And then the choices mm -hmm. kept going in that regards. And so I don't know, Christine, how, how often you see that being played out where one student is more focused and you see some consequences and another student is being goofy <laughs> and how that Yeah, once out. they get to college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, happens all the time, alluded to the stress that these students are under these days. And it's a very real thing. Colleges now, a lot of them field international applicant pools where they're not just looking for students from the United States. They're mm -hmm. looking in China, mm -hmm. in India, in Europe, in South America. Uh, the kids feel no matter how hard they work, it's never going to be enough. And again, parents have to watch how they're communicating to their kids, putting pressure on them by sending overt and covert messages about what the expectations are as parents. Fortunately, a lot of colleges report that their their counseling centers on their campuses have about three times the staff that they used to have to keep up with the amount of kids who come in as freshmen who are have anxiety disorders, you know, mm. eating disorders, substance mm. abuse problems, all related to this stress. So for some kids, going to college is a wonderful thing, you know, very liberating, and they use that to continue to find opportunities. And other kids are tired or they're overwhelmed. You know, or they've worked so hard in high school, they just can't handle it. So that's when you see kids that are checking out and not doing well. And sometimes the best thing is to kind of remove them and let them just restart, you know. They can go to community college and get their feet on the ground and then go back and try it again. But the traditional scenario that you go to four years of high school and then you go straight to college and you get out in four years, that doesn't work for everybody. Great advice and uh, great input. We appreciate that. Dr. Alicia, what tips can you give parents to help their kids prepare for that flight after the nest? Well, I think is preparing your children earlier on to love 
learning mm-hmm. and to have some critical thinking skills. That's going to go a long way. And to also hone in on the things that they're already good. What are their strengths? And help them learn how they learn. You know, while some kids are great learners with doing things on their hands, so teaching them how to learn with their hands. Some are auditory, so picking that up and, and helping them figure out how to best learn with auditory skills so that then they're prepared and when they're college, they can have that mm-hmm. that love of learning, that love of thinking things through. And um, they have a little bit more of a direction in terms of which pathway they can go. Also, we can provide them with experiences so yes. they can open up their world into different types of career paths that are out there. Shadow friends with different, you know, if they have an interest in being a scientist, is there a scientist, you know, that somehow they can shadow one day or if they're interested in becoming a business manager, do you have a business manager friend that they could, you know, giving them mm-hmm. an opportunity to expose so that they could see that this is available and that it's not just one way and, and they can have a little bit of hunger for that. And third, teaching them decision making skills mm-hmm. early on so that when they find themselves into a corner being pressured by others to go one way or the other, that they have an inner core that in a way to make decisions about when I need to stay put and focus on my studies and not get distracted. And when do I need to do a little bit of self-care and listen to some music and relax as well. So, But how do they develop that compass? You know, if we just usher them out into the world, it's easier for them to get lost and not know how to navigate the pressures of the world. But if we're able to teach them how to make decisions, how to problem solve, it's going to hopefully make it a little bit easier when they find themselves in that situation. Awesome. Great advice. And hopefully they won't have to come back home. (laughs) (laughs) And they'll be Uh able to fly away in their adulthood. Thank you both for being with us today. That was a great conversation. That was our special college episode. For other parenting topics, you can always download the app, The Struggle Is Real, and share it with friends and family. That's right. You can also follow us on social media with the hashtag The Struggle Is Real or hashtag TSIR for blogs, tips, and more. Now, talking about apps, there's also the Family Bridges app with resources for the classroom and for personal use. That's right. This was The Struggle Is Real, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Veronica Avila. And this is Omar Ramos. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.